Hey, this is Brock Burke of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast and the Recliner Nerd. This is Ronald Guzman for the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to Rangers Nation podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I'm your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is baseball's back. Yep, baseball's back. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk everything about the new 60-game season, what's going to happen on the 60-game season, what new twist to it the dj uh the the dh in both leagues we're going to talk about that uh we're going to go over the texas rangers draft because we haven't talked to anyone about that since that happened and we'll do all of that right after this this is nick goody with the texas rangers and you're listening to the rangers nation podcast all right nick goody ladies and gentlemen thank you nick uh hey today's episode is baseball is back we're going to do baseball is back. We're going to talk about that. Um, talk about the new rules, everything that's going on with the 60-game season that the the owners and the players finally agreed on. We're going to talk uh, – I haven't been on here in a while, and we're, we got some questions we're going to go to. I want to talk about the draft and what happened in the draft. I actually haven't talked about that and what I thought about the draft. Uh, I, I guess the last one I did was we need baseball. Um, and talking about we need baseball, really let the owners have it. Still felt like the owners were more at fault than the players in this whole thing. But, hey, it's been a weird year with COVID. I'm glad they finally got something started. It looks like um, we're getting ready to kick things off on the first when they're supposed to report. But let's go over the new season, what it entails. So it's going to be a 60-game season is what this is going to entail. Uh, teams will open the season with a 30-man a- active roster. So normally we have a 25-man roster. This year it was going to span expand to 26. They're going to start it with a 30-man roster, and it's probably going to – uh, it's going to be reduced to 28 players after two weeks and then to 26 players after four weeks. So within a month, they're going to be down to the, the regular 26 players, but pretty smart to do the 30-day, the, the 30 players to start this thing off that way because uh, it, it, it's going to be like a little bit of extended spring at the beginning of the season um, and, and when that goes in. Um, so after that, we go to the, the trade deadline. There is going to be a trade deadline. Now, there might be some movement before the season starts, but they're going to do a trade deadline at August 31st. So instead of July 31st, it'll be August 31st. So if teams already begin to fall out of it and feel they want to do something, um, there will be uh, an opportunity for some teams to to get in and maybe uh, upgrade their, their team. And so it doesn't look like anything's going to go on after that. But, it, you know, hey, August 31st, a trade, day, a trade deadline. Teams can improve themselves getting ready for the playoffs. So that's going to be kind of neat. So after the, the, the uh, August 31st deadline, then the, so the postseason, um, to be eligible for the postseason, a player must be added to the major league roster by September 15th. Now, what normally happened here, if you'll remember, they would do a trade deadline in, in, in a regular season. It would be by July 31st would be the trade deadline. Once a, a team after July 31st, you got there. Anybody they wanted on the roster for the playoffs had to be on the team and on the active roster by August 31st. So you could pick up people by waiver or whatever all through the month of August, but by August 31st, they weren't on your major league roster and on your 25-man roster. They weren't allowed to go with you on a playoff roster. Or, you know, so um, 40-man roster, you could bring people up. 
that, that were on your 40-man roster um, just because, you know, your your prospects or whatever, especially if there was an injury going to the, the active roster. But anybody, uh, someone you would pick up by, via free agency uh, if they were released by another team, something like that, had to be on your active roster by August 31st or um, in the old days before last year, you could actually, remember last year they didn't have, if someone cleared waivers, you could work out another deal through the month of August. That's not going to happen. Uh, that didn't happen last year. So after July 31st, there were no more trades. But if someone was released and uh, cut loose by another team, you could, uh, if they if they cleared waivers, got out and were outright released, there was an opportunity where you could actually sign somebody that was a, a free agent or whatever. Um, it, it, no, no star or anyone that's a, a, a really known commodity is going to do that. But sometimes cutting payroll or something, releasing somebody, they were going to get someone for it. Um, you know, somebody you DFA, you DFA face somebody uh, uh hey as Drupal cabrera was somebody that wasn't traded after july 31st trade deadline as Drupal cabrera was let go um he cleared waivers he was dfa'd the Nationals signed him and he won a world series so this year it's september 15th according to this so after september 15th if you haven't cleared and gone in then then uh, then you can't be on the playoff roster if they make it now the teams will be permitted to carry up to three taxi squad players on the road during the season um though if a team carries three such players one must be a catcher so your taxi squad there's going to be this taxi squad which if they've got it all in there i think it was going to be up to 60 players on your taxi squad you've got your 40 man roster and then you had 60 on your taxi squad you carry three on the road with you um this season but one of them has to be a catcher that you could move around especially if you knew you had a a day game after a night game and somebody got injured or something to that effect you would have a catcher in place and that catcher was the one the most taxing thing during extra innings this was one that was kind of neat also so during an extra innings uh the the player that was the last out the previous inning will start on second base the next in, starting during the 10th inning. So they're going to start someone on second base. Um, that is going to be considered an error. That's not going to be charged to anyone for your scorebook. That's a little weird. Uh, you know, that's just, that's, that's a little different in my book. Um, the, the way they're going to score that, I don't know why they couldn't just have their own stat since it's new coming into this, that they could have their own stat, something to the effect of, you know, that, that, that this was, it's considered it, it wouldn't go against the pitcher if you know it would be an earned run if someone were to drive them in something to that effect but you, you the pitcher doesn't get charged or no one gets charged with an error or no one gets charged with an you know an earned run uh, you know if they don't get on i don't know we it's got to be i think it's separate stat could be doing you know this is an extra inning player or something to that effect um if someone hit a home run maybe only the the batter would get the the batter or anybody that got on by the pitcher like an example would be so you start with the guy at second base then you uh maybe you walk the next guy and then someone hits a 3-1 home run to walk it off or whatever maybe only two runs would be earned the extra batter doesn't count but he would have counted as the winning run if that's all they needed to win the game that's my opinion it's just i i'm a nerd that does scorebooks the way they've been talking about this the scorebook thing was going to be a little weird to me and that that's that's why I, it was a little confusing uh there's going to be a 10 day uh 10 day injured list for both pitchers and hitters through the 60 and uh though the 60 day el uh d uh, il will be reduced to a 45 day il so if you have a 45 day il instead of a 60 you can put someone on a 45 that way you can clear a roster spot if you're going to do something like that there'll be a separate il for players who either test positive or have symptoms confirmed for covid um that's pretty 
you know, that, that's pretty standard. That's a different situation. They're obviously, if you test for COVID, they're not going to allow you to uh, be around the other players, but they're, you, you don't have to go against the – they're going to be able to clear that spot for you and put you on a separate uh, IL reserve for that because you've got to be quarantined and get that away, and other players will have to be tested, uh, you know, in that situation. Uh, MLB's transaction freeze uh, – which has been placed since the season was suspended, will end on Friday at 12 p.m. So that's going to end tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Um, in addition to COVID-19 testing every other day, some other health precautions are as follows. The team personnel and players not likely to participate in the game. For example, the next day's starting pitcher will be sitting in the stands or another area, so they're not going to be in the dugout, um, you know, at least six feet apart. Not Non-playing personnel will wear masks in the dugout and bullpen at all times. No spit or chewing tobacco gum is permitted uh, no celebratory contact high fives fist bumps just just basically basically what they're doing there's precautionary stuff for for covid but you know what baseball's back and we're going to get back into it and that's what we really wanted so you know you could argue both ways on who's more at fault i believe a little bit of the ownership's at fault but but you know players have had their own stinginess in this whole thing but but owners have kind of reneged on the on the deal uh on a lot of the stuff they did and initially agreed to it's a prorated uh, it's going to be prorated salaries for the 60 games they're not going to have an, an expanded playoff so that was a little different now one thing they're going to do on 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 uh the 60 game schedule you're only going to play it's kind of bad for the rangers the way they're going to do this they're only going to play they're going to 40 of the 20 games are going to be against the American League West, which is who the Rangers are with. So 40 of those games are going to be against the Astros, the uh, Mariners, the Angels and the A's. That's where 40 of the games are going to, You're going to play each of them 10 time apiece. And then you have uh, the other 20 games are going to come from the AL, uh, the National League West teams. So. Texas is basically going to be playing in Central Mountain because they're going to have to go to Colorado to play in Arizona to play Mountain uh, Mountain Time and go into um, on the West Coast. It's going to be uh, Pacific Time. That's going to be late. A lot of late games. Um, they think this is, is to cut down on travel. It's going to be hard on the Rangers and Astros, quite honestly. That's going to be more travel for them. Hopefully that schedule will, will not keep them with uh, flying out of uh, out of somewhere out of uh, – maybe their getaway day or they'll have an extra day once they get back from a West Coast trip to start a home series just so, you know, it's something to that effect that they'll do for those two because your East Coast teams that are playing in the NL East and in the Central especially don't have to change time zones. Um, they're going to go, you know, it's it's easier to go to the East Coast than it is the West Coast. So it's going to be hard for the Rangers in that in that aspect of it. But either way, the the, the it's going back. So we're going to have baseball again, which is something we all wanted. Um I want to get into the draft in a little bit. We're going to go over that. But I had some questions from uh, some of the followers. Just a few of you had some questions. I want to answer those real quick. And uh, and we'll give you my best answer that I can give you uh, to go for it. Obviously, I'm not one of the experts here. But I'll give you my opinion on, on, on what you're asking here. And let me let me get here and see who was it. that. Uh, let's start with uh, – it was on, this on Facebook. It's Scott Blanchard. He said, can you share your thoughts on Lance getting the nod? Uh, so today, Chris, uh, Chris Woodward came out and had a press conference and said that, uh, that uh, Lynn is going to get the uh, – the opening day start over Miner and Kluber. I knew it wasn't going to be Kluber. I mean, I think a lot of people know he might be the ace of the staff uh, coming over from Cleveland. I knew it wasn't going to be Kluber. Um, with the way that Miner and Lynn pitched last year, it was obviously going to be one of those two. Uh, 
Um, so I think we all kind of uh, just assumed it was going to be one of those two. Um, but uh, what do I feel about Lynn over Kluber? I mean, over uh, over Minor and Kluber is what he asked. I don't have a problem with it. Lynn was incredible last year. His numbers last year were were just absolutely amazing. I mean, Lynn. Uh, so so he. He had 16 wins last year. He led the teams in uh, strikeouts with 246. Um, innings pitched, he, he had a great – let's see, what did he do with innings pitched? He had 208 innings pitched, and then, then he had, of course, the 246 strikeouts, like I just said. 3.67 ERA, but 16 wins, that, that, that was great. I mean, uh, he started out slow but really had a heck of a year. I mean, those, those numbers are fantastic, and compared to Mike Miner – who ended up with the lower ERA at 3.59. Now, he pitched 208 innings, but only had 200 strikeouts. Remember the questionable 200 strikeout on the last day. Um, he went 14 and 10, so so Lynn had more more wins at 16 and 11. Um, uh, Miner had a lower ERA. Both of them had fantastic years. Both of them were Cy Young uh, contenders, but I have really no problem with it. I, I really don't. I don't have a problem with Miner over Lynn. Um, uh I mean, with Lynn over Minor in this situation, I really don't have an issue with it. Um, either one would have been fine with me. You could make a case for both. But if you really want to get down to square numbers there, they both pitched the same amount of innings. He had an extra 46 strikeouts. Um, he also had you know, a little bit higher ERA, but he had 16 wins, so the team won more a little bit uh, with him pitching. So I, I really don't have a problem with it. Now to, now, to piggyback off of that, there was Ant Tannis. Ant Tannis was her name. Uh, she uh, tweeted and asked me a question on tweet. Why is Lance Lynn the opening day starter? I think we just went over all of that. Uh, Ant Tannis, uh, you know, really Woodward. It was it, it, Woodward had a two choices he could make. Both choices were going to be extremely good choices, whether you like it or not. Um, he picked uh, Lynn, and maybe you know and. I don't know if free agency had anything to do with it because technically uh, Miner's going to be a free agent after this shortened season where you got Lynn signed through next year. Uh, maybe a, a nod to him to, you know, to maybe talk extension or something. If something goes on, there's always a chance they could sign Miner to an extension also. We'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, I just went over all of that. So I, I kind of explained why possibly they went with it. They could have gone with either, uh, but, but I have no issue with it one way or the other. We got a, a really good question here from uh, All Things Rangers uh, on Twitter, All Things Ranger. And he said, Who are some guys that might have not made the team that could make it now since rosters will be at 30 to open the season off? This is a really good question. Um, there's, I tell you who I think it'll be. Um, I, think it'll, I think it'll be Allard and Palumbo. And I, I think there's a chance – that one of those two, those two are, are obviously one of the. So we're so twenty six are going to be four extra players. You got to suspect a couple of starters are going to be thrown in there for either openers or whatever to eat middle innings, kind of long relief because these pitchers got to be stretched out a little bit coming into the month. So having someone that's a starter that you can throw in and possibly go three, four, or five innings uh, since you're. Your rotation is probably only going to go, you know, you're 
going to probably be lucky to get five out of your rotation as we start the season while they're building up arm strength. It would be good to have those two. So so Palumbo and Allard were most likely going to start at AAA. They're obviously going to be on this taxi squad, this 60-man taxi squad. They're both on the 40-man roster. Those are two right there that have a great chance to start on this 30-man roster to go with it. I think Demarcus Evans probably had a chance to make it out of spring training so he's probably gonna be on the 26 but he's definitely someone that's probably going to be on the uh 30 man now for sure to have that extra relief and if i had to think there was a bat maybe that might make this team that might not have uh oh boy i tell you uh someone like guzman who could have gone down to triple a is obviously going to be on it and maybe now uh greg bird uh could be the one uh that 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 makes it as a bat so have that other bat coming off the bench uh that that's that's now probably got a chance because the, the way bird was in spring training he wasn't he was hitting the ball well but he didn't have good numbers to show for it he's somebody now that probably meant because they were going to send guzman to triple a if if guzman didn't turn it on it was probably gonna be guzman at triple a because he had an option and then they were going to go with greg bird but now bird probably makes this initial 30 and that gives them a couple of weeks to see if he gets hot or gets going and they can move because uh, Guzzi they can put down to the 40 man and keep him on the taxi squad uh, but with Bird he would have to be uh, well he could stay on that 60 but he'd have to be added somehow to the 40 man and somebody on that 40 would have to be moved off and clear to be still be on the 60 but uh, I've, I've got to clarify that but I think that's part of the way that works let's go to the next question uh, so let's go prospect times uh, it, that's Heath, uh, that's that's uh, Heath Chris Wolf. I don't know who that is that does prospect times. He said, "Hey, uh, John, besides Demarcus Evans, which prospect do you see playing Arlington this year?" Which obviously we thought Demarcus Evans. Uh, the prospects I thought could play this year in the major leagues that haven't already at least made a major league debut. Um, wow, uh, Tavares, uh, Leody Tavares is somebody that could possibly. I mean, that might be somebody that might that might possibly have been called up he's probably now going to be on that 60 um somebody else that could depending on what an injury happens or 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 something there might be someone like a uh, new guys to the 40 man someone like a shirt and a pastel well Tavares is too but uh that's another one that that might could see a little time up here with an injury something to that effect uh you know there's really not that there's there's not a guy like Heineman who was just on the cusp last year and you kind of basically you could almost guarantee Heineman was the guy that was going to come up you got Walker Steele the kid we got in the trade uh that that's the outfielder who was at double a last year that's somebody that could be an outfielder that slides in and plays like a Tavares uh the, the the problem is these guys are usually playing in double a AA or triple a you're seeing them put up numbers and it's easier to call them in in this situation they're just working out with the team they're on that taxi squad um uh, you know uh they, they could get called in at any time during an injury or whatever but the evans for sure Demarcus Evans is going to be in the big leagues. Um, we know Palumbo and Allard have already been in the big leagues. They're going to be in the big leagues this year. That's there's no doubt they'll they'll get some time in the big leagues themselves. Um, that's my guess. I guess Tavares, uh, Tavares, and and Walker are two that that could maybe a Postel. Uh, you know they're going to have Josh Young. Uh, uh, they said the other day they thought Josh Young would be on this sixty man taxi squad. He's not on the forty man roster, so that would have to make a roster move. So you're probably not going to see him in Texas unless things are really 
you know, injuries are really getting bad or, or something there. So that's two names. Um, hope that helps. I mean, I, he thanks for the question, and that's a good one. He thought deep on that. Who do we think? Because I think he's probably like me. It's a weird spot without without these guys playing minor league ball. It's hard to it's really hard to pick one of them up and think. You know, you could look down. At, you know, I guess Huff. Is there a chance Huff could get here? I mean, that's the name I haven't even said. Um, he's not on the forty man roster either. That that would have to be some major injury problems. We know probably uh, you're going to get Jose Trevino is going to be on this taxi squad. He's already on the forty. No doubt he's going to play some time in the major leagues this year. Um, you know, so th- we know that's going to happen. But he's already been here. So you're talking about making their major league debut. Ba- debut. I think on very long shot chance, maybe Huff and maybe uh, and maybe Young, uh, but. Not so quite long shot, already on the 40-man, maybe Tavares, and maybe still Walker. There you go. That's that's uh, that's it. Then we got another one, last one. Uh, another Angel is on Twitter. I think that's another Angel. And she asks, who are you looking forward to watch the most this season? That could be two, two ways. What team are you looking forward to watch? Um, or what player in the Rangers organization are you look, are you looking forward to watch? If you're going to say team, what team am I looking for beside the Rangers? Obviously, we're excited to see the Rangers with this group of young core uh, players that they have. That's obviously someone that I'm looking forward to watch. But besides them, what team am I looking forward to watch? Um, Kind of the Astros. Um, I've said all along I thought the Astros were really going to fall by the wayside this year. I think they were going to struggle. Um, I think that uh, there's it may not be as bad now, but their saving grace may be that fans may not be permitted. Uh, but the, the Astros, I think that there's a head game that can happen with the Astros and with, uh, with, with what they have to deal with, uh, with the cheating scandal. Now, with that being said, they're not going to have a lot of fans in the stands, which would be the thing that would drive them down. So I, I'm kind of interested to see what happens there. A little interested to see the angels, uh, with, uh, uh, with um, uh, Rendon uh, added over, I also want to see uh, Shohei. Uh, Shohei Otani is healthy. Um, he's back. He's probably going to be th- pitching some. He's obviously going to be the DH. Um, you know, I, it, it stinks that he's over on the Angels, but he's a good guy. I like him, and uh, and uh, so I, that, that's another one that I'm I'm interested to see. Um. So, you know, the, the, the players report July 1. Uh, they're supposed to report by July 1. July 3rd, they're going to start the workouts, get it going. July 23rd to 24th or somewhere 25th to 26th when they want to start the season, when they want to get it going. Um, so that's something to be watching. Uh, media, I, 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 you know, last year I had credentials to get in. They're going to they're gonna squash down on some of the media. Um, I'm sure I'll get into some games, but obviously not as many. They're, in fact, so last year my, my credential was a daily credential, which meant for every game I had to put in for each game daily to go. Um, but your, your sports, your normal beat writers, like, you know, we, we've got Evan Grant and T.R. Sullivan and Levi Weaver and Jeff Wilson and those guys, they had a year pass. So they, they would get a year pass. Their pass just was on them all year. They got into every game away and home. That was an MLB. They took those out. 
so now they have to apply for every game like me. Uh, problem is, those guys are going to get into every game they want because they're the beat writers, and obviously they're ahead of me. So I would assume that 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 I'm a little further down the list in getting into the credential area. I am going to get to go to some spring training because they're going to allow media to spring training. So I will do some reporting from there, but uh, I'm just glad it's back. And look, if I don't get into one game this year because of the COVID, that's fine. My TV works, and I can sit at my my uh, TV and do that. Now, what I really am excited to get into, I wanted to talk about this draft because this draft has been so puzzling, and the grades and what uh, and what they did. And if y'all didn't read uh, Jamie Newberg, so I, I I texted Jamie Newberg uh, yet what's it yet yesterday or day before. And I said, hey, man, um, listen, I'm going to do – I want to do a little podcast. I was So a lot of y'all know I was supposed to do the roundtable with uh, Jeff Fry, Rusty Greer, and Darren Oliver. We were going to do a Zoom call, get you guys to come in and do a Q&A. Darren is on vacation. He couldn't do it, uh, or he's out of town traveling. I mean, you know, he's a special assistant to the GM. Uh, Rusty was having some uh, – some, we were going to try to do it like maybe at a 6 or 7 o'clock. He, he, he couldn't do it that late. Um, Rusty runs the Rusty Greer Baseball School. Um, and so couldn't do that. So, you know, we didn't know when we can get it done. Um, I'm out of town next week, so we may try to do it still from, I'm going to be in Illinois. We may try to do that still from over there. But, uh, so that was supposed to happen. So it didn't. And I thought, okay, well, I still need to do a pod and get one out since we're starting to kick in. Now we know that baseball is going to happen. I need to do something there. It looked like it was put coming together. And then, uh, I really hadn't addressed the draft and what had happened in the draft. So I reached out to Jamie and I texted him and I said, Hey, um, you know, I'm supposed to have Rusty and all of them on. They they can't do it. We're having to push back. Think about doing a little. So actually, when I texted him, they did not have this deal in place for the for the players. But I said, hey, I gotta uh, want to do a little something about the uh, the the draft. You want to come on and you want to do that? And uh, I said, I know you're busy. His son Max is a competitive ball player. He's, he's in high school now. He's uh, going to be a sophomore in high school. And and uh, I knew Max was coming back, and they're starting their select ball season so i knew he, he kind of helps with that and obviously not only helps but he's at every practice and games you know he's a father who loves to go watch his kid play and he said yeah i'm really busy i don't think i can do that and i said all right so it was no big deal i, I, I kind of figured it was last minute and then uh so then i texted him a couple days later and i said hey okay i know i know you can't come on the the pod but i still want to put something together for the draft tell me who is the most intriguing draft pick that you think and if it's not the same player who are you most excited to see and see what they got and all of that and uh his response was when are you putting this out and uh that was it was yesterday i guess and i said you know probably tomorrow night i said i'm not going to do it tonight i think i'm going to do it tomorrow night and he goes i don't want to say he goes i've got a story coming out and he goes, I'd rather not say anything on the podcast because he had he was submitting the story. Story has to go through editing uh, at The Athletic, and he didn't know when it was going to drop, and he didn't want to come on the show, talk about it, and ruin what he wrote. Well, it dropped today, and I didn't reach back out to him. He might have given me his opinion now that his story came out because it was a great story. If you didn't read this, um, it's called A Dagger in the Heart, and it's the college coaches who lost out on the Ranger picks. It was amazing. It is a long story. Jamie, I usually write anywhere from 400 to 800 words. Sometimes I'll go 1,000 if I'm really not. Jamie goes way beyond that. His writing is exceptional. I just Him and Levi both do such a great job um, at The Athletic over there. But it's talking about – you know, everyone knows the first round the Rangers took Justin Foscue 
and uh, who none none of us picked. I mean, I, in my mock draft, I had uh, I had uh, the kid Garrett Mitchell from UCLA. That's who I thought they were going to pick. Uh, a lot of people had different ones going in there. wasn't really anyone picking Foscu. Foscu was ranked about the thirty fifth best prospect, thirty to thirty fifth. He got taken number fourteen. Was on the Zoom call listening to Foscu. Um, he's the he's the second baseman shortstop out of Mississippi State. I have a buddy. Uh, I actually got a buddy of mine that's a uh, named James Brooks. Who's uh, we go to church together. He's a good friend, big baseball fan. His parents are huge Ranger fans. Love the podcast. But he's from Mississippi State. That's where he went was uh, Mississippi State. And he texted me and said they took my man. And he, and and so I texted him back and said, Wow, yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting that. And like he he said, Man, I I knew he knew in his text he was telling me he knew how good a player this guy was because he's been his favorite player watching SEC games because he's still here in Dallas, but he still likes to watch Mississippi State and all the SEC games. Mississippi State is known for baseball, and uh, Foskey was their best player. And so he was fired up, but I'm pretty fired up about it after I listened to him. Foskey was – he's always kind of been an underdog, and and, uh, uh, Kip Fagg said that that Foskey was uh, – this kid plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's he's already got him – penciled it he said look this guy we we wanted him he was high on our board the whole time um he had a great junior season he was starting out okay his senior season before they shut it down he just uh the you know lot he's got some pop to his bat uh this this is a smart kid and, and man he's one of the hardest workers there is listening to the kid talk he's he's kind of ticked that he wasn't a top five top ten that's the way he feels he's like i've been overlooked and uh, I can't wait. I just want to get to work. And, and you know, they also save money on him because they signed him below slot at where the slot, uh, I think they saved about a half a million dollars on his slot pick where he was and uh, used that for these these high school players. But Jamie's story was amazing. Um, I started trying to figure out some of these players. Look, the biggest surprise, if you've, if you've looked at any draft results for the Rangers and you looked at any of their grades, it's anywhere from a C plus to a F. I mean, just because they don't know what they were doing, especially their second round pick, who uh, was Evan Carter out of Elizabethtown, Tennessee, and uh, uh, which was not on any of the draft prospect boards. He wasn't on top five hundred. He wasn't on top two fifty. Uh, the top five hundred from uh, Baseball America went on the top 250 from MILB. He wasn't on Baseball Prospectus top. You know, he just wasn't on any of them. He wasn't on any of their their uh, their boards. And so uh, it was kind of funny if you were watching the draft on TV. When they took him, everybody scrambled on MLB Network and ESPN, and they were looking at things, and they didn't have anything on him. They really didn't know. Um, so we watched the – so after the draft that night, Kip Fagg came on to talk about these players. And, uh, of course, everyone's question was, okay, Evan – you know, Evan Evan Carter. Tell us about this kid, Evan Carter. And this is the this is what will always stick with me with what he said. Of course, he said they were pounding the table for him and all this. And they're going to tell you that. Doesn't matter what you believe. Pound the table. Do this. One word they don't throw out there a lot is five tool. Not many people get a five tool. Uh, you know, they, they don't try to sell you five tools because they, you know, they'll say something to the, they've got potentially five tools. Or they've got, you know, if he got faster, five tools. This is a, you know, Mike, Mike Trout wasn't a five tool player. His arm wasn't a five tool 
arm, uh, but was uh, basically like a four-tool player, and, and the arm might have been a little weaker. And look at the player he is. Five-tool players, there's been a few of them. Ken Griffey Jr., he was a five-tool player, had the arm, had the had the power, had the ability to. Another one that, that comes to mind is that, that was considered a five-tool player. Chipper Jones was a five-tool player. Uh, with his weakest thing that might not have been was a little bit of speed. And then you had someone like uh, Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton was a five-tool player, the unanimous. Everyone thought he was the top player in the country when he was coming out of high school. So for someone to say, this kid's a five-tool player, and that's what Kip Fag said. He said it. He didn't say he could be. He said he's a five-tool player. He said he's got five tools. And uh, you – that then why wasn't everyone on him? You know that's that's the question. Why wasn't everybody on him? Well, it turns out that uh, he committed after his sophomore year of high school to Duke, and he's had a plan in place. If you hadn't read what Jamie said, and I don't want to get all into what Jamie said, but this kid is brilliant. He was the valedictorian of his high school, two hundred fifty kids in his class. So it wasn't a huge high school, but it was a small one. But he was already set to go to Duke. Wanted to be a dentist. Um, was going to go to dental school after that and wanted to specialize in what was it here he, he called it uh, some sort of uh, surgery some sort of dental surgery that he was going to periodontist or something i'd i'm certainly not smart enough to know all that and uh uh in endo, endodontics was what he was going to do and so he had already after already committing to duke and got a scholarship after his sophomore year was offered and he accepted he didn't go on all the all these big showcase circuits. He didn't need to. He had a scholarship. So he really didn't need to do that. It was going to cost a lot of money to do it, so he didn't do it. Um, the uh, the coaches at Duke uh, didn't really know about him either. He, he kind of got, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't really know. They kind of got turned on to him. Yeah, they, they So Danny Clark, who is the – what is Danny for the – let me find out what he does for the Rangers. Anyway, Danny played high school ball or played college ball with his dad. Uh, Danny Clark is the the Rangers minor league pitching coordinator. So he he was friends with uh, Evan Carter's dad uh, growing up. So he knew something about him and turned turned the uh, attention to the Rangers and turned the attention to uh, Duke, who he he knew one of the assistant coaches at Duke who started following. Well, Duke really thought they had stole somebody. Uh, because they they went and he came to their camp after his sophomore year. They offered him right after that. They saw the potential in him. He had power. He had bat. Um, they really got high on him because he was playing against some some lighter competition, and he ended up coming to one of their uh, one of the something he played in a showcase where some kids were touching ninety five ninety seven, and he wasn't late on the ball. He had no problem getting his bat speed to the ball, and and, and doing things. So they really thought they had him. Well, the Rangers got in there and had someone on him. And Kip Thack said the last the last game he went to that he goes so so you you go to your your area scout then they bring you know uh, you'll get turned on and I want to talk to scouts exactly how this works but this is this is my understanding you have an area scout that works a to- certain territory in the United States and he goes around and people he goes and watches games he find and he and he, he he finds somebody and he targets them and he sees them and he said this is somebody we want to keep an eye on he really starts to think that this might be somebody he calls. Um, into the, you know, he calls into to the the organization. He lets them know. They bring out what's called cross checkers who are above them, and they'll come. They kind of cross the. They they just get a second pair of eyes on. Them. Second pair of eyes will come out, and if they really like him after that, then someone like your your uh, your minor league coordinator or your uh, uh, director of scouting, someone like 
Kip Thag will go out and, and take a look at him himself also, who was a longtime scout. So Kip's the, the scouting coordinator. He went out. That was the last game. He was in Elizabeth, Tennessee, watching him play his third game or his second or third game of the season uh, before they shut down for COVID. And uh, so they were all, when he came up, so they, they really, I think they kind of felt like he was probably going to be there any round they needed since he wasn't that high ex- until they started getting some word that the Indians or the Royals and the Pirates had somehow stumbled on him and that the Royals or the Pirates one were basically had let it be known that third round they were probably going to take him and, 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 and get him. So they, they swooped in and they took him at number two in the second round, 50th overall. Um, and look, the kid's 17 years old. He's six foot four. Uh, Duke is devastated that they've lost him. Uh, but, they so they signed him. Another thing they did is they they he he signed a good deal one point five or one point seven five in there, but it was it was well below slot again, but a lot of money to him, who only had the one scholarship, and he for you know he he decided not to go to Duke. He took the money, and so they still had more money to save to go out for the rounds three, four, and five. Which of those three, four, and five, two of them look there's there's different ways to look. This 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 draft to me may be the biggest blunder I've ever seen in draft. Now, obviously, none, not all of these kids are going to hit. Um, usually, you you know you're you're lucky in any draft if you can get one or two to make it to the major leagues, and that's with forty rounds. We have five here, but the it seems to be the consensus is in your top five rounds, you usually have prospects that if they don't get to the major leagues here, they get there somewhere. If you trade them off, you use them like currency to to purchase talent from somewhere else um of the five that they that they drafted um you know they they went in the in the third round and they let me get my list so in the second round i mean after the second round you go evan carter third round third round they went with uh tacoa roby tk roby out of uh, florida high school uh he's a right-handed pitcher then they go to the fourth round they go with another pitcher a left-hander dylan mclean out of oregon he was the second best pitcher in oregon who who had committed to washington i believe and then the one that's intriguing to me who i wish i could go get eyes on is who they took in the fifth round and in the fifth round they took a, a kid named thomas sagisi he was going to go to pepperdine he's a shortstop He was out of san diego area the numbers that he put up Oh my gosh! His junior year, he hit four twenty-four or something than that. Hang on, I can find his numbers right here because you got to hear what he did. Let's see. Oh, here it is, right here. So he, so Sagisi, his junior year in the San Diego area, he hit four twenty-two with ten home runs in thirty-two games at Carlsbad High School in 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 the San Diego area. He was the San Diego's Avocado West League MVP as a junior. So in seven games before they ended the season because of COVID, he was hitting 440. They had seven games. He'd already hit three home runs. And so this was a kid, all five of these kids, all four, I'm sorry, the, the four high school kids, all four of the high school kids are kids that Kip and the, his scouting group think if they had played a full season, they would have all jumped tremendously and easily been top picks. So Sagisi was going to, to Pepperdine. They ended up selling – him and uh, him and McLean signed for well over slot, and uh, he signed for eight hundred thousand dollars in a four hundred thousand dollars slot. This is the guy that I'm those, the most excited to see. Those numbers are eye opening numbers. I mean, ten home runs in thirty two games, hit four thirty four. 
uh, 422 or whatever. And then he comes back, he's hitting 440. In seven games, he's hitting 440. So almost half the time he's up to the plate, he's getting a hit. And then he hits three home runs in seven games. So the power's there. He's putting the bat on the ball. Sagisi may be the, the biggest steal of them all. And the fact that they got him and he was sitting there in the fifth round, which, you know, he just he was not recruited heavily, but he would have been. Those numbers are not ignored. Uh, he had committed to Pepperdine because basically Pepperdine had offered him the scholarship and he had his he had his ride, so he was going to go there. But uh, I, I think it was all kind of known that if the right money was there, he might forego it and go. I, now, there were no so, – so you go online and you go to YouTube and you start looking up these guys, try to see video on them and stuff like that. So Sagisi – his only interview was with Pepperdine. He didn't have a, they didn't have anything with him hitting or anything there. They only had something for Pepperdine. And uh, there was some good video. Uh, uh, he had an interview with Pepperdine. He was a smart kid. And just he was really engaging. He was fun to see. So the, he's the one that I am the honestly the most interested to see. I think he might be one of the breakout stars. And I think uh, Carter Evans, too. The two pitchers in the middle. Uh, T.K. Roby and uh, and Dylan McLean, uh, they they both were two kids that were throwing in the '80s, their junior year, that had really filled out, bulked up, and were hitting '90s going into their senior years, but didn't get enough to do anything. So they never really had a chance. Uh, I know McLean, who was only throwing in the '80s, mid '80s, his junior year, he wasn't overpowering, but played on the 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 perfect game circuit or whatever, and was missing bats. I mean, missing a lot of bats, even though he wasn't throwing 95 miles an hour. And now he's up in the 90s. So apparently he knows how to pitch. And those are pretty eye-opening. And so uh, TK, TK Roby uh, is, is one that was pretty highly sought after, and he was hitting the 90s this year going into it. But that, that's, some, that's some good stuff on those uh, good numbers. They're encouraging. Now, where they hit, I don't know. This could be the biggest bust of a draft ever, uh, even all the way up to Foscue, who may turn out to be a complete bust. But, uh, hey, it's another mid or infielder they got, another college kid who can hit. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Um, pretty excited to see it. Um, all right, guys. Um, you know what? I, I just thought of something when I when I said that. I, I was, You know, when, I, when another angel asked me, who was I looking forward to watch the most this season? And I, I went over teams that I might, you know, I said it could be teams. It just dawned on me. I forgot to answer the second part of that question. On the Rangers, who am I looking most forward to watching? Uh, Angel, sorry about that, but I'll finish my question. So if you were asking me who are the, the Rangers I'm most excited, um, I want to see if Solak still got it. Um, you know, he played so well at the end of last season. I'm anxious to see him, see where he's at going into this. Santana, Danny Santana is another one I want to see if if he can continue what he did last year, if that was just a one-year wonder. Uh, Rookie, I want to see if Rookie is uh, finally starting to listen the, the way he played the last month of the season. Um, is that going to be – you know, if all these players are playing well, that's a, that's a, that's a great problem to have. I tell you, I'm what, anxious. Probably who had the best spring of anyone – before all this shut down, and that's Isaiah Kiner Falifa. He had the best spring of anybody. He was just killing the ball. I'm hoping that he, he his bat's still that hot. I'd like to. He's going to be the super utility guy that can catch in the in the knee. So that's the those, that's the ones I'm looking forward to to see. Obviously Kluber, watching him pitch in a Ranger uniform. You know your 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 usual suspects, someone like Gallo with 
the potential power. But those are the guys I would say Solak first, um, and then probably someone like after Solak, you're probably looking at someone like, uh, you know, uh, Rugi Santana or, uh, you know, they're kind of, they all fall in right behind that. Solak is the one I'd like to see if he's really, really got it up. Well, guys, that's it. I it, uh, We went 42 minutes. Didn't even mean to go that long. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening to this one. That The, the season, baseball starting. Can't wait for it. Don't know if I'll be able to put anything together next week. Maybe the roundtable. I hope so. Uh, we'll see if those guys are ready to get it done. Don't forget to go follow me at Ranger Nation Pod, at Ranger Nation Pod. I need to get your email, and I need to get uh, your name. If you've got and, – and I'm not talking if you join our roundtable. I will – Pull you up, and you will get to talk to Rusty, uh, Darren Oliver, and Jeff yourself and ask the question yourself. Um, Or if you just want to submit a question, have me ask it for you, but you get to be there and watch it yourself, I'll do it. But, hey, I think if you're coming in and you got a question you'd like to ask these guys, come on, and, and and I'll pull you up. You can ask them yourself. All right, guys, that's it. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Like I say at the end of everything I write and after everything, every one of these shows. Nerd out.